Good day to you. It's a joy to have you with us. It's March 18th. Today is the 77th day of our journey through the one-year Bible. And this is the one-year Bible tour in which we encourage each other to devote a half hour of each day to hearing, reading, and meditating upon God's Word. We make daily stops in both the Old and New Testaments, as well as taking time to refresh ourselves with the heart cries in the book of Psalms and the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. I trust that the Holy Spirit will use our daily encounters with the Word to bring conviction, conversion, instruction, and edification to us all. My name is David McAdam, and I'm here today in Concord, Massachusetts, where I serve the New Life community and those within the sound of my voice. I hope to be a helper of your joy and an encourager of your faith. Today we're in the book of Numbers. Moses is being given instruction to number the people who are to go into the promised land and give final instructions. So we're in Numbers chapter 26, beginning with verse 52, and I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Among these the land shall be divided for inheritance, according to the number of names. To a large tribe you shall give a large inheritance, and to a small tribe you shall give a small inheritance. Every tribe shall be given its inheritance in proportion to its list. But the land shall be divided by lot. According to the names of the tribes of their fathers, they shall inherit. Their inheritance shall be divided according to lot between the larger and the smaller. This was the list of the Levites according to their clans. Of Gershon, the clan of the Gershonites. Of Kohath, the clan of the Kohathites. Of Merari, the clan of the Merarites. These are the clans of Levi. The clans of the Libnites, the clan of the Hebronites. The clan of the Malites, the clan of the Mushites, the clan of the Korahites. And Kohath was the father of Amram, the name of Amram's wife was Jochebed, the daughter of Levi, who was born to Levi in Egypt. And she bore to Amram, Aaron, and Moses, and Miriam, their sister. And to Aaron were born Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. But Nadab and Abihu died when they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord. And those listed were twenty-three thousand, every male from a month old and upward for they were not listed among the people of Israel, because there was no inheritance given to them among the people of Israel. These were those listed by Moses and Eleazar the priest, who listed the people of Israel in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho. But among these there was not one of those listed by Moses and Aaron the priest, who had listed the people of Israel in the wilderness of Sinai. For the Lord had said of them, They shall die in the wilderness, not one of them was left except Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. Chapter 27 The Daughters of Zelophehad. Then drew near the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hepher, the son of Gilead, son of Machir, son of Manasseh, from the clans of Manasseh the son of Joseph. The names of his daughters were Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, and Terzah. And they stood before Moses and before Eleazar the priest, and before the chiefs of the congregation at the entrance of meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among the company of those who gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died for his own sin, and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan, because he had no son? Give to us a possession among our father's brothers. 
Moses brought their case before the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, The daughters of Zelophehad are right. You shall give them possession of an inheritance among their father's brothers, and transfer the inheritance of their father to them. And you shall speak to the people of Israel, saying, If a man dies and has no son, then you shall transfer his inheritance to his daughter. And if he has no daughter, then you shall give his inheritance to his brothers. And if he has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to his father's brothers. And if his father has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to the nearest kinsman of his clan, and he shall possess it. And it shall be for the people of Israel a statute and a rule, as the Lord commanded Moses. The Lord said to Moses, Go up into this mountain of Abarim, and see the land that I have given to the people of Israel. When you have seen it, you also shall be gathered to your people, as your brother Aaron was, because you rebelled against my word in the wilderness of Zin, when the congregation quarreled, failing to uphold me as holy at the waters before their eyes. These are the waters of Meribah at Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that have no shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. Make him stand before Eleazar the priest and all the congregation, and you shall commission him in their sight. You shall invest him with some of your authority, that all the congregation of the people of Israel may obey. And he shall stand before Eleazar the priest, who shall inquire for him by the judgment of the Urim before the Lord. At his word they shall go out, and at his word they shall come in, both he and all the people of Israel with him, the whole congregation. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and made him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole congregation, and he laid his hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord directed through Moses. The Book of Numbers, Chapter 28 Daily Offerings The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the people of Israel, and say to them, My offering, my food for my food offerings, my pleasing aroma, you shall be careful to offer to me at its appointed time. And you shall say to them, This is the food offering that you shall offer to the Lord, two male lambs a year old without blemish, day by day, as a regular offering. The one lamb you shall offer in the morning, and the other lamb you shall offer at twilight. Also a tenth of an ephah of fine flour for a grain offering, mixed with a quarter of a hin of beaten oil. It is a regular burnt offering, which was ordained at Mount Sinai for a pleasing aroma, a food offering to the Lord. Its drink offering shall be a quarter of a hin for each lamb. In the holy place you shall pour out a drink offering of strong drink to the Lord. The other lamb you shall offer at twilight. Like the grain offering of the morning, and like its drink offering, you shall offer it as a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. On the Sabbath day, two male lambs, a year old without blemish, and two tenths of an ephah of fine flour for a grain offering, mixed with oil, and its drink offering. This is the burnt offering of every Sabbath, besides the regular burnt offering and its drink offering. At the beginnings of your months, you shall offer a burnt offering to the Lord, two bulls from the herd, one ram, seven male lambs a year old without blemish, 
Also, three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour for a grain offering, mixed with oil for each bull, and two-tenths of fine flour of a grain offering, mixed with oil for the one ram, and a tenth of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering for every lamb, for a burnt offering with a pleasing aroma, a food offering to the Lord. Their drink offerings shall be half a hen of wine for a bull, a third of a hen for a ram, and a quarter of a hen for a lamb. This is the burnt offering of each month throughout the months of the year. Also one male goat for a sin offering to the Lord. It shall be offered besides the regular burnt offering and its drink offering. This concludes our reading from the Old Testament book of Numbers. Now let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we've been learning. Moses has completed the required census, and now we read the law of inheritance. The promised land would be divided for an inheritance among the twelve tribes according to their respective sizes, the number of fighting men listed in the census. Numbers chapter 26, verse 53. The largest tribe would receive the largest inheritance, and the smallest tribe the smallest inheritance. As we read through the Bible, we will notice that the sizes of the tribes fluctuate. At the time of the census taken before entering Canaan, Judah is the largest tribe, with 76,500 fighting men. By the time Saul is appointed king, Benjamin is the smallest. One cannot help but notice that the tribe of Simeon was drastically reduced from 59,300 to 22,200 when comparing the first census taken at the beginning of the wilderness journey to the one at the end. It is ironic that the plague that killed 24,000 Israelites, which was a punishment for the sin of Baal worship and the immorality at Peor, was arrested with the death of Zimri, of the tribe of Simeon, who brought Cosby, the Midianite woman, into his family's tent. In Numbers 25, verses 3 to 15, perhaps the plague struck close to the tent of Zimri. The Levites, numbering 23,000, did not receive an inheritance of the land, for the Lord himself was their inheritance. We read this in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 2. They were to serve as priests in the cities and were supported by tithes provided by the other tribes possessing the land in Numbers 26, verses 57 to 62. Zelophehad of the tribe of Manasseh had no sons to legally inherit his land after his death. In Numbers 26, verse 33, he died in the wilderness with five surviving daughters. According to existing customs, they could not receive his land as an inheritance because they were women. His daughters boldly made their legitimate argument to Moses that their father's name be not forgotten and therefore requested that his land be passed on to them. Moses brings the case before the Lord, who answers in their favor. A law is given that defines that if a man has no sons to inherit his property, it is to be inherited by his daughters before any option is exercised to pass it on to any other male relative. Numbers chapter 27, verses 1 through 11. Moses is told by the Lord that he is soon to die and be gathered to his people. However, he will not die before seeing the promised land from the heights of the mountain of Abarim, which is also known as Mount Nebo. The Lord reminds him once again that the reason he will not enter the promised land is because of his rebellion in which he misrepresented the Lord and his holy command at the waters of Meribah. The good news is that, by God's grace, centuries later we see Moses in the promised land with Jesus, the greater Joshua, on the Mount of Transfiguration in the promised land of Canaan. Matthew 17, verse 3, Mark chapter 9, verse 4, 
Luke chapter 9, verses 30 to 31. Moses requests that the Lord, whom he calls here the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint his successor in order that the people of Israel might not become sheep without a shepherd. The leadership responsibility requires one who knows how to ascertain the mind of the Lord, to go out and to come into the Lord's presence before the people, and one who is able to lead them out and bring them in. Numbers chapter 27 verse 17. Moses was aware that he was able to lead them out of Egypt, but due to his disobedience, he was not able to bring them in to Canaan. Moses is told by God to ordain Joshua. Ordination is to bring official recognition to a person's function. It means to put in order. Joshua is to be singled out among the people of Israel with the laying on of hands. The Spirit was already upon Joshua, and now Moses was to officially delegate authority to him by ordaining him. This affirmation causes him to stand in his appointed function as leader in the presence of the people. Joshua is to be commissioned in their sight. Numbers 27 verse 19. The Lord tells Moses that Joshua is to stand before Eleazar the priest, who will make inquiries to the Lord on the basis of the Urim and Thummim. This would be a different leadership role and a more indirect means whereby Joshua would come to determine God's will. Moses and the Lord spoke with each other face to face as a man speaks with a friend in Exodus 33:11. But now Joshua would receive revelation by means of the Urim and the Thummim held by the priest. Moses is still mediator of the covenant in his last days. Joshua has a different function as the one who leads the people into the inheritance allotted to them on the basis of the finished work of redemption mediated through the great high priest. In chapter 28, the Lord gives instructions about public sacrifices, food offerings, and in particular, the continual burnt offerings with the drink offerings. And now for our reading from the New Testament, Luke's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. John the Baptist prepares the way. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said therefore to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then shall we do? And he answered them, Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized, and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do.
Soldiers also asked him, And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation, and be content with your wages. As the people were in expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, to clear his threshing floor, and to gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations he preached good news to the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, who had been reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things that Herod had done, added this to them all, and he locked up John in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. And this is the end of our reading from the New Testament. John the Baptist is another person in the Gospel story whose life is attested to in extra-biblical histories. For example, all existing copies of Jewish Antiquities written by the Hebrew historian Flavius Josephus, who lived from 37 to 100 A.D., contain passages on John the Baptist. Let me quote from you Book 18, Chapter 5 of Flavius Josephus's Jewish Antiquities. Quote, now some of the Jews thought that the destruction of Herod's army came from God, and that very justly as a punishment of what he did against John that was called the Baptist, for Herod slew him, who was a good man, and commanded the Jews to exercise virtue, both as to righteousness towards one another and piety towards God, and so to come to baptism, for that the washing with water would be acceptable to him. End quote. Flavius Josephus, Jewish Antiquities, Book 18, Chapter 5. The preaching of John the Baptist went for the jugular. He called for repentance, not just of sins, the fruit of the tree, but a recognition of the corruption within the sin nature, the root of the tree. Indeed, the axe is already laid to the root of the trees, so every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Luke 3, verse 9. The law of God reveals the corruption at the root in Adam's race and brings it under condemnation. We are to repent of any and all self-righteousness, including our human religions and various philosophies of self-redemption. We must prepare the way for the Lord, his paths are straight. High mountains of pride need to be leveled. Those whose sins have put them in deep ravines of shame need to hear the good news of salvation of our God. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so every valley shall be exalted. John the Baptist recognized the reality of God's wrath against sin. Our own conscience also warns us of this. Any claim of being exempt from God's justice that demands the penalty of sin must be forsaken. Our own works of righteousness or pedigree cannot save us. John the Baptist calls people to deep repentance in order that they might see how deeply sin resides in the human heart. John describes how a heart attitude of repentance toward God will be evident in a changed behavior, works of repentance. To the rich, he says, give away your excess clothes and food. To tax collectors, 
Collect no more than you have been ordered to collect. To the soldiers, do not take money from anyone by force. Do not accuse anyone falsely, and be content with your wages. To Herod, he says, You are in trouble. You have taken your brother's wife as your own. Repent. Prepare the way of the Lord. Then the big question is asked, Was John the Christ? No, he replies. John baptizes with water, but Jesus is mightier, and according to John, more worthy. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. John explains the baptism of the Spirit and of fire in the verse that follows. Those who live through the Spirit in the end will be gathered as wheat. Those who live in the flesh are subject to the fire of judgment. Remember the parable of the wheat and the tares in Matthew chapter 13, verse 30? His winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Luke 3, verse 17. Luke's account of the baptism of Jesus is short and to the point. Now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized, and while he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came out of heaven, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Luke 3, verses 21 and 22. Jesus is commended by the Father's voice and the Holy Spirit's presence. While he was praying, the heaven was opened. As we are identified in a faith union with Christ, we find that we too are accepted, indwelt by the presence of His Spirit, and have the gift of an open heaven. It is freely given to those who believe the gospel and thereby are found in Him. And now we read from the book of Psalms, Psalm 61. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Reading today's psalm will be Andrew Blair, and we're going to do something special right here in our office studio. We're going to have Glenn Gray and myself sing part of this psalm to you. After all, these are psalms, and they were meant to be sung. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure for all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So I will ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto Thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me, and a strong tower from the enemy. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. 
I will abide in thy tabernacle forever, and I will trust in the cover of thy wings. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. So shall I sing praise unto thy name forever, that I might daily perform my vows. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. I received that song as a gift from a brother when we did a song exchange down south en route to a mission to Mexico, and I appreciate so much him putting this heart cry of the psalmist to music. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. David is feeling far from home. From the ends of the earth will I cry out unto you. Once again, God is referred to as the rock. His trustworthiness is solid. The Lord is unshakable. When we are faced with difficulties, we should not be drawn into our emotions, surrendering to our fears or despair. Nor should we seek reliance upon our own strength or wisdom. The emphasis here is not only on the rock as a place of refuge, but as a place of elevation. We need to be delivered from viewing things merely from our own natural eye level and accept our identification with Christ, our rock. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, We are dead and our lives are hid, that is identified, with Christ in God. Colossians 3, verse 3. We are raised together with Him and seated together with Him in the heavenly places. From this vantage point, we see that ultimately He has given us deliverance. No enemy from without or within, no outer foe or inner fear can separate us from the reality of the victory that has been won for us in Christ. And now our reading from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 11, verses 16 through 17. A gracious woman gets honor, and violent men get riches. A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. What we learn from these Proverbs is that graciousness, mercifulness, compassion, and kindness are rewarded with riches that are far superior to those gained by the self-centered business person. One will ultimately win lasting respect and treasures in heaven, while the other will find that any apparent worldly success will have been sabotaged by their own greed and selfishness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you have authored a greater exodus and have made a way for us to be delivered from bondage to the fear of death through Christ our Passover. He who provided a greater deliverance is our greater Moses, our greater High Priest, and our greater Joshua. He fulfills all that is promised and brings us into its experience. He is our rock and our high tower. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who lifts us up upon the rock to realize a higher heavenly perspective as he communicates the word. 
the mind of Christ. Make us ever mindful of your grace and mercy, and make us gracious and merciful. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining with us today. We trust that this has been an edifying time in the Word of God and that you are being nourished and being blessed. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or comments or you want to share some of the challenges that you have reading through the Bible in a year. Our website address is newlife.org and you can contact us at podcast at newlife.org. Thank you and God bless you.